Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante and with T. Frank Carr. And it's quarter number three, and that means it's time to ask T. Frank. This is where we have T. Frank answer your Penn State football or recruiting questions. You want to submit a question, download our app. There's an Ask T. Frank button there. Just get the app, Keystone Sports. The winner of today's Ask T. Frank segment, you'll receive a gift box. This is a great one. From the one and only W.C. Clark's Coffee Roasters. They're at 234 Calder Way in State College. 30 varieties of beans, over 25 countries, roasted with love in Happy Valley for over 45 years. Now, this great part, if you want to get your own coffee package, you could order online at statecollegecoffee.com. That's statecollegecoffee.com. Make sure you use discount code KSN at checkout, and you'll get a nice discount. Ready to go, T. Frank. Let's do it. All right. Let's start with Lee from Mount Lebanon, who says, Hi, T. Frank. I greatly appreciate your work here at KSN and at BWI. I believe you were a broadcast journalism major at Penn State. That's correct. I would be surprised. I would be surprised to learn that Penn State offers a course in football film analysis. <laughs> so I'm so I'm curious to know how you became skilled at film analysis of player technique and the skill required for each position as well as offensive and defensive strategies. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Obviously, Lee just wants to know, how'd you become so good at film study? So this is this is something that, unless you ask me directly, I won't tell you, because certain people don't respect you unless you put your hand in the dirt. So I, I tend to not, unless you ask me. But, like, there's no shame in it. I, I, I'm entirely self-taught. So my obsession with football started when I was 15, well, 12. But when the NFL Network came about, I watched as much NFL Network as I possibly could. Hall of Fame players will go and teach you stuff on on TV. And if you seek out the knowledge, you can find it. So a lot of things I learned, I learned through self-teaching and and things like that. But my formal education in football came uh, when I got a job at PFF. Uh, So I am a trained PFF grader and analyst. So I spent five seasons just, or three or four seasons, just putting down where every single player on the field lined up offense and defense and and that's you know where the linebacker is aligned uh as opposed to the 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 center the the tackle versus the outside receiver is the safety at 10 yards or is he at 12 yards and all of those things then once i became uh you know i was eligible for i applied for to become a grader like then i learned football in in the in-depth sense so um that has been uh, I had to this is this is my empathy when it comes to quarterbacks of like I had to learn all the intricate details of football in an off season and it was really hard. I spent every single free hour that I wasn't at my actual job that paid me doing this this studying for two straight years to be able to like know what's going on on the football field. It is not easy to pick up a college football offense and all the intricate details that can happen on a play, on one play. In, in in an off season, 
And I don't care if like you're doing it full time. It's still very hard to not only have the knowledge, then have the applicable ability to then go and actually execute it. I don't have to execute it. I just have to know what's going on in the field and have an uh, informed observational eye, let alone having to execute. So that's the the long answer of I'm mostly self-taught when it comes to a lot of these things, but when it comes to the formal X's and O's and, and intricate details, um, PFF is where I, I learned all those things and I studied that stuff. Very good. All right, let's go to David in Lancaster who says, what is one common misconception by the average fan that you wish you could clear up? Oh, there are so many. There's so many. Uh, <laughs> you could give us a couple if you like. <laughs> uh, I don't really know where to start. Um, let's start. I, I just one of them that I just I just kind of detailed is that football's a really complicated game, and if you think that a, a freshman quarterback can come in and just play, you are missing so much when it comes to football. And then I would extend that to coaching decisions. That I think because broadcasters in the moment make a comment, it becomes canon. It becomes like, this is the thing. When coaching decisions are much much more of a gray area when it comes to uh, the decision-making process for who starts, who plays, what are you trying to get out of those players... What is the realities that you're trying to work with outside of... Because it's easy to just say, just go block the guy or just go catch the football. Um, you're working with limitations on every single level. A shocking thing here, not every player on the football field is perfect. So I just think that uh, there's a lot more that goes into it than, than fans want to go in and be an expert about to understand like and, and that's totally fair like you don't have to be obsessed with football the same way I am where it's not like I just loved football I had to know what was going on if you're a fan you want to enjoy it and knowing everything kind of takes some of the joy out of it let me tell you so just like taking a step back from your emotion and seeing like it's not so easy it's not so basic of it is this or that there are three or four things that can happen on every single play that you have to make decisions about from Monday to Saturday. Very good. All right. Let's go to Brad and Percasy, who says, Penn State was high on Trayvon Henderson in last year's class, but he went to Ohio State. Who had better high school film, him or Nick Singleton, and why? And P.S., I know this has nothing to do with their college performance. So he uh, just wants to know about high school film. So, uh, to be honest, um, I did not watch any film on Trayvon Henderson uh, because, you know, I was not working full-time for Blue White Illustrated at that time doing film analysis. I was only doing uh, film analysis on the guys that committed. So if there were guys that didn't commit, I did not see their high school film. From a physical perspective, let me just tell you what I... Because I've watched Trayvon Henderson now. I've watched Nick Singleton. Nick Singleton's more violent than Trayvon Henderson. So uh, Trayvon Henderson breaks tackles. I'm not saying he's not a strong football player, but he is a speed and explosion player that can break tackles and get into the open space. Nick Singleton wants to hurt you. He, he's, he's a violent football player that finishes angry. So I would say, based on that he was a freshman last year, Trayvon Henderson probably a similar situation there, but Nick Singleton is the speed and the power. He is, and that's why he can be, I, I said this, he can be a more complete player than any 
any running back Penn State's had. I think he can be a more complete player than Saquon Barkley. There's That's a long way to go to get there. But his profile is that. And we continue to be excited about the opportunity to see Nick Singleton. Let's go to Keith in Wayne who says, Hey, T. Frank, give me your one or two under-the-radar players that no one's talking about, but they should be. Uh, I'm... I'm going to get in trouble here because I've said this guy every single time. Like, we're almost friends now because uh, Jordan Vandenberg, I told you, he came over and talked to me at uh, at uh, Max Testing Day. He's seen my work, and he's a fan of me being a fan of him. So uh, Jordan Vandenberg, to me, is a guy that has the potential to be pretty important and pretty impactful uh, in his time at Penn State. And I think because he's an older player and I've seen stuff on him uh, in on film from Iowa Western, like I don't think that the the, the learning curve or the, the physical curve is that long for him to be a good three technique. The problem to me was he played two football seasons last year. He played in the spring and then he came and played in the fall. So rest and recovery is big for him. This off season of training is big for him. And I expect him to be an impact player. Um, and then the other guy is Tyler Warren. I'm becoming more convinced that he is a complete tight end and that like the circus catches the really tough contested things. He might not be a guy that gets open, but if Sean Clifford can trust him to just catch the ball whenever he throws it that way, I think Tyler Warren can be an impact player. I do too. Really like what Tyler Warren has done. Uh, let's go to Jimmy in Forest City. He says, T. Frank, I love the linebacker you monic- moniker, but going into the 22 season, I feel like linebacker is a weak position for Penn State. For 23, I'm excited about the potential of Pachote, Trotter, Rojas, and Robinson. If you don't know those names, those are uh, linebacker recruits that Penn State's pursuing. How does their tape look? What's the inside info about their commitment? And how does Manny Diaz's defense use linebackers relative to Brent Pry? It's all about linebackers yeah. from Jimmy there. Well, we, we covered the, the last part there that I don't know. We'll have to see if they continue to recruit guys that play Sam and playing them at Sam. Because one thing I've said is that uh, Penn State doesn't recruit Sam linebackers. They recruit uh, Will linebackers that can play Sam. And there's an over, there's a crossover in talent of big explosive players that can play in space. The Wills then are more in the run game and they're more physical and they're the, they're the do-it-all playmaker. So you've got two guys in Tamir Robinson and in Tony Rojas that fit that mold. Rojas plays defensive end, but in a flip here, I think he would be the better Sam because Tamir Robinson is such a freak that he, to me, projects more as a Micah Parsons where he's a will right away because he can be 230 pounds by the time he gets to Penn State and he can be a guy that makes plays in the passing game, the run game, force fumble, special teams, balancing your budgets, playing safety. He can do all of those things. So I look at them that way, but both of them are will linebackers eventually. And if Manny Diaz doesn't want size at that position, at the at, he wants more coverage ability and they're playing more safeties at the Sam, then they're both kind of filling that gap. And that's why I think it's a little overstated Penn State's problem at linebacker. Because it's not... I, I guess I don't know. Does James Franklin still want to play with three linebackers? Does he still want the Sam out there? Or is he going to allow Manny Diaz to do what he does? And is Manny Diaz, is that what he wants to do? There are so many factors there that without having conversations with these guys, you know, off the record or in person or any of this stuff, and this is something, I'm going to ask some of these questions, by the way, during spring football, 
but um, I don't know that I would get a straight answer because if you don't have it, you're not going to say, yeah, we really want to play with a Sam, but we're not going to. They're going to say, no, this is our plan the whole time. Um, so those are those three guys. Pachati's the Mike linebacker. And if you want more on that, I, I'm not the expert on the inside information when it comes to those guys. So some of my coworkers have more information about that at Blue White Illustrated when it comes to, you know, the inside scoop on recruiting necessarily. I'm looking at their film. Let's sneak one more in. Bill from Reading. Uh, T. Frank, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. Can you give me a reason to be optimistic about the offensive line? Yes. Yes. And I, we, we covered it to start the show. I think with Vega Ioane, and and we didn't even mention him in the first segment, um, as a guy that has the physical talent to come in and play early, Hunter Norzad, Salim Wormley being, I, I think, on track to be a factor during the season, maybe not during the spring, uh, and then a, a host of other guys all the way down to J.B. Nelson, who's super talented but is a little bit raw. There are There is so much more talent, physical talent to block on the interior than there has been in the last couple of years. And if that bleeds over to tackle and you can create more competition because guys that are kicked out of the interior can now be swing players on the outside or you have some thing there, you're going to be better at least in the middle and then the tackles we'll see about that with uh, with Fashanu at left tackle. Real quick, our winner. Uh, let's go with Dave in Lancaster. Very good. That's it for quarter number three. We got more to go in quarter number four. Stick around. This is Jim from Keystone Sports. You know, a lot has changed about State College, but one thing that hasn't is W.C. Clark's Coffee Roasters on Calder Way. 30 different varieties of specialty coffee beans sourced from over 25 countries and roasted with love each morning in Happy Valley for over 45 years. We'll ship our fresh roasted coffee from our doorstep to yours. That's right. You can now order online at statecollegecoffee.com. So go to statecollegecoffee.com and use discount code KSN at checkout.